0: Hello, Profit First Nation. It's Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First. If you've been looking for a bank account to help you do Profit First right, North One has got you covered. It's the only business account with built-in tools designed in collaboration with and endorsed by me, Profit First Professionals and Profit First Nation. With North One, you can set up Profit First envelopes with a single click and leverage the North One technology to automatically facilitate your allocations with every deposit. 320,000 businesses are using North One to simplify their cash management and get back to what they love. And how cool is this? Profit First Nation listeners get a $50 bonus when they open and fund an account. Go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on step number one to access the North One bonus link and open your North One bank account to do Profit First right. North One is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by the Corp Bank, member FDIC. Profit First Nation listeners get a $50 bonus when they open and fund an account. North One envelopes let you designate a portion of your balance to view on the mobile app or website to help you stay organized. For more information, see our deposit account agreement. Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowitz, the author of Profit First, and now. Here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey.
1: Welcome to Profit First Nation, the podcast for the top 17% of entrepreneurs with cash in the bank to correlate to their profitability. Profit First Nation is the podcast for intelligent entrepreneurs who have taken ownership of their financials and leveraged Profit First as a cash management system to make their businesses permanently profitable. I am Danielle Mulvey, an expert at guiding entrepreneurs on owning their financials in as little as 11 minutes per day and doing Profit First right. If you're a fan of Profit First and its author, Mike Michalowicz, you have found your tribe. We are a nation of successful entrepreneurs driven to be permanently profitable with a grit and a growth mindset that lets no obstacle stand in our way in pursuit of the three P's, passion, profit, and play. On Profit First Nation, we dive into advanced profit-first strategies, and we share the honest and authentic ups and downs of being a business owner. This is episode 114. And so episodes ending in four, we talk about dream teams and how building, recruiting, hiring, and retaining five-star employees will allow you to truly build your dream team. And that just creates so much more opportunity for you in terms of what you want to do. But the best part is, is when you have five-star employees, you have employees who are producing a 3x to 4x return on their payroll, you have maximized your profitability. You don't have one, two, and three-star employees bringing down your profitability because they're just dead weight in your payroll or operating expense category. All right. Today, we are going to talk about the five secrets to building a team of five-star employees. And so the first secret is that you have to have a objective and very specific system for evaluating talent. So, of course, we recommend the five-star employee rating system, and that five-star employee rating system uh, rates existing talent and new candidates and new talent on a five-star rating system. And so really quickly, that first star is making sure that those employees and candidates are aligned with your core values, your core values as the owner of the business. The second star is that um, the employees, they rate at a minimum acceptable level on the 11 qualities of a five-star employee. The third star is that the employees hit the minimal acceptable rating for the specific aptitudes and skills that you need for the position or the role. And when we talk about skills, I mean, you need to be testing people for what you need them to do in the role. Everyone says it, but can they do it? So don't just say that um, let them get by with saying, yeah, I can do that. You have to test their skills. And this is part of that five-star employee rating system is the third star testing their aptitudes and skills and making sure they're hitting a minimal acceptable rating for those. And then the fourth star is their success metrics. So you're gonna have three to five key responsibilities for each position. And uh, you're going to have success metrics associated with those key responsibilities. The success metrics are going to quantify what success means in that role. You're going to use numbers and or dollar signs to do that, and you're going to get real specific so everyone knows that if you're hiring a salesperson and you need them to close sales, well, the success metric is you're going to close five sales per month, and you're going to upsell. To existing customers. All right. So we quantify it with specific numbers. And then um, the fifth star is that return on payroll. So remember that uh, you cannot pay for performance. All right. A five-star employee, you can hire for the same salary that you'd hire a one, two or three-star employee. In fact, a lot of people think, "Oh, well, they're not so great at this, but maybe if I pay them $10,000 more a year or $20,000 more a year, they'll do better." And it's like, "Nope. <laughs> if they're already uh, a 1, 2, or 3-star employee, money is not going to change performance." Okay? And you know, when we talk about return on payroll with 5-star employees, I mean, it's easy to get that 3X to 4X return on payroll. Uh, And remember that a five-star employee does the work of two or three, one, two or three-star employees. So when you have one, two and three-star employees on your payroll, I mean, honestly, they're just really dragging down that expense um, because you're not very efficient with that. You should ditch those two or three, one, two and three-star employees Ditch them now and and recruit and hire one five-star employee because you will pay that person $50,000 a year and you will have gotten rid of the three employees you were each paying $50,000 a year. And that would give you what? Uh, a net $100,000 savings towards decreasing expenses. And what does that do? Increase your profitability. So uh, let's get on that and make sure we're efficient there. So in addition to having a... Objective system to rate existing talent and new talent, like the five star rating system. The other secrets to building a team of five star employees is that you need to be flexible. And, you know, this is, I think, the most underrated but often confusing aspect of building a team of five star employees. Because what's interesting right now in terms of flexible is everyone is hearing in the news that employees want flexibility. But I'm just going to be honest. An employee's definition of flexibility is going to be different than maybe what your definition of flexibility is. So it's important that you are flexible, but you need to be very specific about where, when, how, and why you flex, okay? And that where, when, why, and how you flex Needs to be communicated in terms of your expectations to employees who are, quote, looking for flexibility. And, you know, if you talk about what you're looking for in flexibility, it is important to see, you know, what they're looking for in flexibility as well. Um, And I, you know, in this flexibility thing, I think is also a mindset as well. You don't need to be so rigid about things. And just because everyone else has done this for years, you don't have to do it like that. I think right now, in terms of flexibility, um, especially as we've learned since COVID, you know, there's a lot of other responsibilities. There's a lot of other priorities in one's life. My life. I'm a business owner, and I mean, I've got two children that play high-level competitive water polo, and my schedule gets jacked sometimes because of them. And you know, if I want flexibility to be able to take my children to practice in the summer at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. that jacks with my normal schedule, uh, you know, I should offer that same kind of flexibility to my employees as well, as long as the work is getting done. And so make sure that you're kind of finding out what people want in terms of flexibility. The other thing in terms of flexibility is I wouldn't get so stuck on having people work five days a week, eight hours a day, Okay people's productivity is really not eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, okay? So why pay for it if you know that it's not gonna be every hour is productive? You know, there's been studies that show that, you know, really kind of like the sweet spot in, in productivity is less than four hours per day, for an employee, whether that employee works a four-hour shift, a five-hour shift, or an eight-hour shift, their maximum sort of peak ideal productivity is a, is is less than four hours per day. So my challenge to you would be to try to find two part-timers who could each give you four hours. And now you're paying eight hours, but you're actually getting eight hours of productivity because you have two people doing that peak four hours each of making it happen. There is tremendous talent out there, especially, you know, let's just call them the stay-at-home moms now who are kind of embarking on a different season of their life. Their children are older, they need them less, and uh, the children are more expensive now. So the parents are like, we need a little bit more income coming into the house. And so, you know, if you can find a sweet spot for those kind of people, I've got a couple of Employees that fit that bill right now. One is Jenny, and uh, she has been a stay-at-home mom for the last 13 years. But we brought her on board a couple months ago, and you know she joins us during our daily meeting in the morning and uh, stays with us until about one, 1 in the afternoons. And then uh, we have Brett, and he's a little bit more flexible. Brett actually is our small business blog editor and community curator for Profit First Nation. And he's got a little bit more flexibility, but he's, you know, in his household, he's responsible for the kids and such. So it works and he has, you know, more flexibility as well in terms of when he has to get the job done because... He's just working it and has like a a weekly milestone to hit and such. So flexibility is a great secret that you can leverage and tap and really kind of make it this sweet spot. But you have to be very specific about how much you're going to flex, where, when, why, and how, and then understand too what your candidates or employees want or need in terms of flexibility. Then the third secret is to be an active listener. You really want the people doing the work to be talking about the work and listen in for things that might be friction for them in the position, obstacles, roadblocks, etc. Really listen to what they're doing and how they're doing it so that, you know, there's opportunity for you to coach them, to help work them through things, help make things easier. You know, I mean... Sometimes there's been situations in, in our companies where things just kind of have been done one way for a long time and, and things have changed in the world or with our technology or with apps available and such. And so, you know, I've kind of go wide, I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different areas and such. So, you know, I've been able to bring things to the table for our teams that help us be more efficient, because I've been listening, and, and I hear what they're saying about things that really kind of present opportunities for improvement. And, you know, I just don't know, because they're in our environment, and they've been with us for so long, that they would have been able to find those opportunities outside of the environment. Like I am in my, I would say my ideal position. And that is in, overseeing the operations of teams and businesses that have five-star employees where I can come in and use my zone as genius. I really only have to spend about 10 hours a day overseeing those operations. And that's where I can come in and kind of like add some value and help kind of troubleshoot some things and bring kind of like my experiences that I have in the outside world, talking to other entrepreneurs, working with other businesses, et cetera, into my organization to help my team do better. Then the, um, the next secret is that you need to seek and be open to feedback. So, you know, I talked about being an active listener and picking up on things and, and listening for things from the people in your organization. And when I say active listening, like pick up on some fun social stuff too that you can, you know, talk to them about and, and continue to build that rapport with them as well. But seeking and being open to feedback is really important as well. And so, you know, this is where it's not only active listening, but being proactive in, you know, seeing how things are going, asking, I ask, ask, ask about how things are going with your customers, how things are going with your vendors, because, you know, that can be just, uh, that that could bring toxicity into your offices when your employees are having to deal with nightmare customers or nightmare vendors. So make sure you're touching base on all different avenues um, and see how things are going and and get some feedback from them on in terms of you know what could be better. I mean, do they want an ice machine? I mean, it can be some simple things like that that can bring great joy. <laughs> great joy to your employees. Um, they love the ice machine. We changed our coffee. Um, I think we were using, um, a, Oh, we were using Keurigs and they said, no, we'd rather just have a big pot of coffee. And I'm like, Oh, okay, no problem. So we switched to the big pot of coffee instead of having Keurig, uh, K cups and such. So, you know, it stems all different aspects, but continually be seeking and being open to feedback from your employees and especially in terms of what they, what they need from you or what they want from you as well. All right. And then our final secret, wow, I'm just plowing through this episode. Our final secret to building a team of five-star employees is let them demonstrate genuine ownership in their role. So, you know, when someone has a sense of ownership they treat it so differently, and you know what's funny is, is I find like business owners say, "Oh, I, if I could just clone myself, if I could just clone myself." And you know what they're really saying is, "I really want someone who thinks and acts like an owner." And so, you know, if you do want to clone yourself, and you do want your people to think and act like an owner, then give them ownership of what they do. Give them ownership of. An area, give them ownership of certain clients or certain vendor relationships, or a corner of the warehouse. Give them ownership of keeping the kitchenette clean and stocked. Give them ownership of something. Start off small, but really, you know, praise them on how they're doing in terms of the ownership of whatever they're owning. And uh, you know, when when people feel like they own something they treat it differently i mean we know as business owners uh we're we we do not act or think like employees do we and the secret is is because we own it and and when you give that ownership to your employees on aspects of the business then you know they don't want to disappoint if they're five-star employees they don't want to disappoint you and they're going to take it very seriously. And they're going to take the ball and run with it. And that's kind of what you want. You want them to run with it and run all the way to the end zone. If they fumble, no big deal. You can be there. You can coach them. They can pick up the ball and continue down the field to the end zone. But ownership is really quite a great leveraging point, a great phenomenon to give your employees. And then that ownership can grow. But, you know, again, everything kind of takes you being all in on your recruitment, hiring and retention of five-star employees. I think probably one of the biggest challenges that small businesses have and the owners have is that they're too much in the business. And so they don't have time to do all of these things. So it's really important that, you know, it's kind of at this point, I think it's at, at about 10, 12 15 employees, a million dollars or more in real revenue, that you know, you should be able to step out of the business at, at that point. You know, you should have clockwork the business so the business is running itself, so that you can really focus on the talent in your business and really building that that dream team of five star employees. Of course, we do have um, some programming around this and we have fivestaremployees.com where you can find out what's going on there. As you know, Mike and I are collaborating on his next next book, tentatively titled uh, All In, and um, that should come out in the fall of 2023. But if you are sort of struggling with uh, payroll and it's your biggest expense and you have not done a profit-first assessment or worked with a profit-first professional, and done a return on payroll exercise, make sure that you um, connect and start talking and working with a certified Profit First professional accountant, bookkeeper, or coach. And to connect with one of my certified Profit First professional peeps, you can go to ProfitFirstNation.com and click on contact. Of course, there is a episode visual recap for today's show, and you can get that at ProfitFirstNation.com com and click on resources or at our homepage now, just click on subscribe. Cheers to another profitable day, my entrepreneurial friends. Profit First Nation website, related podcasts and resources are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional.